Welcome to the Grace Vineyard Podcast, where we are building growing communities of worshipers who are becoming like Christ, empowered to do His work. We hope you enjoy this message. What I wanted to talk to you about is sort of an exhortation, a a stirring up, a reminder of the importance and the reality of sowing seeds because of the harvest that comes. Now, I know that we're not probably a lot of agricultural types in here. Are any of you farmers? I'm not seeing any hands. Oh, I see a farmer. Welcome for, no, you're just waving, okay. <laughs> My family actually um, was, were farmers in Michigan. I never was, but I was born, I think, uh, in, a, in a farming situation. Um, Generations, probably, since when they immigrated from Germany. In any case, you might not know even that the word sow, do you, know, do you all know that the word sow doesn't mean needle and thread always through clothing, through fabric? Sowing is the word to describe planting seeds in the ground when you're going to have a farm. And I think, is there a picture? Yeah, see this guy here in a rather giant field? I, I mean, as far as he can see? Just get it. Breathe that picture in a bit. He's in a huge wheat field. Let's imagine he's the farmer there, and he's looking at the harvest that's come from his sowing. You feeling that? This is reality of your life. So I ask if you're farmers, and the truth is we are all, in a certain sense, farmers. We all are. And much of the experience, the way you experience life today, the way I experience life today, much or all of it, most of it, is actually the harvest of things that we've sown yesterday. Today I am reaping what I sowed previously. Not only that, I'm reaping what you sowed, and we're reaping what we sowed. We sow and we reap. And there's lots of, of use of this word picture in the Bible. We're going to look at a few of the scriptures where this language is used, this metaphor for our life in Christ. But sowing and reaping is really, really important. And I want to exhort us to intentionally realize that what we do today is sowing seed that will impact our tomorrow. And what we're living in today is the harvest of our previous sowing. So you're with me on that. Lord, I'm going to open up your word and ask for your help right now. We are here as followers of Jesus, most of us. Some of us are just considering you, I think. But we're we're looking to see what it is that you're about, to see if we want to follow you. We want to learn from you. We want to be transformed by you. We want to grow in wisdom. Lord, we want to be empowered by you to be impactful, to live flourishing, fruitful lives like a giant harvest. So, Lord, today we pray that you'll speak to us as we look to your word. I said that we are receiving today the harvest of seeds that we've sown in the past, both that others have sown and we have sown. And so that's good news and sometimes bad news, isn't it? 
Um, here's what one of the sections of Scripture says. It's powerful. It's Paul writing to the church at Galatia, and it's in that section where he has just spoken about the effects or the fruit, so to speak, of serving our human natural apart from God desires, the flesh, the works of the flesh, which is an ugly list in chapter 5 of Galatians. And then he also talks about the fruit of the Spirit, which is a beautiful list, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's the harvest of the work of the Spirit in our lives. In that context, he comes along and says this, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. It's good to know, by the way, you could stop there for a moment. You may think you can mock God. You can't. He gets the last word always. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, The one who sows to please the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Okay, so, you know, this is a talkback church, right? Tell me, what are some ways that we could be deceived and so, to please our sinful nature, what, what would that look like? I didn't hear what you said, Ramon. We could be deceived by money. So, we could sow our life into just having financial success, money, the things that money could buy. And if we do that, we might be doing it just to please sinful nature. We'll reap destruction. What did you say over here? Say it loud. Walk, what does it mean, walk in the flesh? Follow desires of the flesh, okay? Good, good. Good job, Esteban. What, what else? What would it look like to sow to please your sinful nature? What do you say, Tommy? Believing our own lives that we can deceive ourselves. And you said camping? Gambling. <laughs> I knew you didn't say camping, but I thought I'd say what I heard. Oh, gambling is a particular vice, or could be a vice at least, where you could be like sowing your energy. You're sowing seed, and you're going to reap some destruction if you become an addict, especially to gambling. Was there another one over here somewhere? Laziness would be sowing to please the sinful nature. That makes sense. If I just do nothing productive because I'm sowing to please my desire to be lazy... I will reap destruction. Actually, I won't reap anything good. Are you saying something, Michelle? I was thinking about idolatry. Idolatry, which is when you make something an idol. You take something and make it God. Okay, how would you... Oh, I see your hand, Derry. What are you going to say? (laughs) She said drugs, sex, and some rock and roll. That's good. I'm feeling you. I know what you're saying. 
Okay, that's the negative side. What are some ways, just with that scripture we were reading, what are some ways that we could sow to please the Spirit? Forgiveness. Oh, you know, that's a really active thing to do. When you've been injured and you give up your right to get paid back by that person and you just turn it off over to God and say, God, their debt's forgiven. They don't owe me anything anymore. You deal with them. I'm not going to carry that burden of debt on me. They don't have to pay me back. It's up to you. That's a choice. That's like sowing seed in the ground. It's very painful to do. It's frightening to do. It feels like you're vulnerable and out of control. But when you do it, something begins to grow that's a harvest of peace and freedom and joy. Good one. And someone said, just obedience, I think you said. Is that right, Brandy? It wasn't Brandy. It was oh, Vanita. Vanita, did you, I was in the right area. Did you say obedience? So obedience, it's, it's easy to obey when... When the person telling you to do something tells you to do what you already want to do, right? You're like, yeah, I'll obey that. Easy. <laughs> you know? But obedience is, is costly, like taking seed and sowing it in ground. When the thing that you're asked to do is not what you want to do, but God asks you to do something. I don't want to do that. Well, obey me, and you'll see the results. And the result is good. Worshiping God is great seed sowing. Random acts of kindness. I like intentional acts of kindness, actually, but where you don't tell anyone. Okay. Patience. Okay. Did you say tithing? Oh, tithing is definitely one that is specifically called sowing seed. Giving thanks and praise. So you guys are doing good. You're, it's, I like to see you thinking like this. Patience. Oh, spreading the good news, the good news about Jesus, like what Steve was talking about last week. So I want to I say this. The first question, you know, trying to ask, what is Paul saying here? If you sow to please the flesh or the sinful nature, you'll of that same flesh reap destruction. I think that my reality and your reality is that there's a little factory inside of us. And on that factory is an assembly line of workers with a conveyor belt. And on that conveyor belt, they produce, that little factory, an endless stream of desires. You have a factory of desires inside of you. And just like Lucille Ball taking the chocolates off the conveyor belt, the more you take the, and work on those desires, the faster the conveyor belt rolls. Right? Have you ever tried to satisfy all your desires? And they just keep on rolling. In fact, the more you try to satisfy, the more you get. Well, those desires that are completely separate from God's kingdom, when I am just trying to satisfy, pursue the satisfaction of those desires that have nothing to do with God's kingdom, I think I'm sowing to please the sinful nature. Because most of those, many of those desires become sinful desires. Is that just me? You guys are all like pure and righteous and holy. Or you, can any of you relate to me? You sometimes have desires that are like not so good. Okay, so there's this factory of desires. If I sow to please those, no doubt I'm going to get a harvest. There's no question. And it's not going to be a good harvest. The word of God says it's going to be destruction. 
but if I sow to please the Spirit, I think that means, or could mean, one way to say it, is the fulfillment of Jesus' words, where he simply said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So when I'm doing things in my life, spending my time and my resources on things that are in pursuit of God's kingdom and his righteousness, I'm sowing good seed, and again, I'm guaranteed a harvest is going to come, and I'm going to reap it, and you're going to reap it with me. A couple of months ago, toward the end of April, actually April 24th, I think, I challenged you. You wouldn't remember, of course, what I said then. That if you did, you're like, something's, in, something's going on in your brain. Um, but we talked about an all-in mentality, and we, took, we talked about what it would feel like if we, who are called to be part of this community, thought of ourselves as church planters with a really big church planting team that's extremely well-resourced with a building and a worship band and, you know, Sunday school facilities and youth pastors, all this, all this stuff which we can use together to bring the gospel in its fullness to our city. Wow, how powerful we'd be with that mindset. And I asked us, and many of us said yes to this ask, to renew commitments to do three things. I'll tell you what they are again. One was love Jesus passionately and continue to grow in him. Two was take on an inviting mentality where we are frequently, regularly inviting people to follow Jesus with us and our community. Invite people to follow Jesus with us and our community. We printed up those invite cards. You guys, we're printing them up like at a thousand a time at a, at a per, per production print, and you guys have been going through them. You keep taking them out and inviting people. Thank you for that. It's a really good conversation starter communication piece. So one was love Jesus passionately and continue to grow in him. Two was invite people to follow Jesus with you in your community. And the third one was to be givers, to become generous givers. Financially, yes, but of your time, yes, of your talent and your treasure. Those three areas would specifically be sowing seed, that will produce a harvest like the guy in the field there. And so last week, when Steve was speaking, I did hear this much. He started out by saying, it's not about you. Do you remember that? And when you share your God story, you're testifying to what God has done in your life. It's about what God has done. And it's powerful because the gospel is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. There's power inherent in the gospel. So, with that in mind, look at these words of Jesus in Mark chapter 4. Jesus said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. I'm keeping in mind, it's not about what I do, it's about what God does. There's something about seed sowing that's way beyond my seed sowing. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or whether he gets up, it has nothing to do with the man. This is inherent in the seed, the way God designed things. The seed sprouts and grows, though he doesn't know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, 
because the harvest has come. Now, last week I wasn't with you because I was preaching at Life Mission Church. Do you, have you heard of Life Mission Church in Escondido? Great church pastored by Joby McGinty. Do any of you know who Joby McGinty is? A few of you. Okay. So there's a story there that's related to this. Around, Joby is probably 43 years old. When he was 17 years old, um, his brother began coming to our church. This, it wasn't beating this building, but we had just started this church. It was called Grace Chapel of the Coast. I was leading a small group. His brother, Jeremy, was invited by our worship leader, Bill. He started coming to church. This is seed sowing. Jeremy started coming to a, a small group that I was doing, leading. We're a Bible study. We were praying. And he said, I have a little brother who's not yet a Christian. Let's pray for him. Seed sowing. So we began to pray for Joby, who lived in Burbank. And Joby ended up moving to Oceanside. And he came in this building, and he got, gave his life to Jesus. And then one, the first Easter that he was you know, new in the Lord, he's a young, now 18-year-old guitar player, singer, and we invited him to sing a song on Easter Sunday, which was seed sowing. And he did okay, and I had this little thought. I should, even though I'm a much older man, 18-year-old probably thinks I'm an old fuddy-duddy. I'm like 14 years older than him, so I'm probably, what, 32 at the time? Did I do the math right? And um, I just approached him and said, hey, so uh, would you ever like to just hang out? Maybe I'll, we could have breakfast together. And he said, that would be awesome because he's this brand-new Christian. And I'm like, I think, an assistant pastor. Maybe not yet an assistant pastor, I'm, but I'm around the church. So he says, yes, so we start hanging out. Just, I didn't know what I was doing. I'd heard the word mentoring, didn't know what it meant. But I decided, I know maybe if I am with this young guy who's starting to follow Jesus, and I've been following Jesus for a long time, maybe in conversation there'll be something valuable that will be sown into his life. So we did. And then, you know what happened? He started to go to Bible college over at Marietta. And then he was homeless. And Kim and I said, well, you could stay at our house for a bit. Seed sowing. So he lived with us for a while. And then I said, you know, why don't you play your guitar while I lead worship? And then I said, why don't you sing? And I said, this Sunday, let's reverse the roles. Why don't you greet everyone and lead the song, the first song, and then I'll follow? And then I said, why don't I go away and you just do the whole thing? And then he became a worship leader. And then he practiced, and he'd come in, he got a keys, and he'd come in here at night when no one was here, and sing, and sing, and sing, and sing, and hear himself in a microphone, and try to get his voice going, and his voice got better, and his guitar playing got better, and then he was, had a band, and they were ministering in little um, arenas, preaching the gospel, and then we sent him out to plant a church with his brother, who grew in the Lord, and the church, the movement is that church, if you know the movement in San Marcos, and then he became an assistant pastor. And then the Lord one day called him and said, I've got something else in mind for you. I want you to plant a church. And he was like, no, you don't. I'll never pastor. I don't want to do that. And the Lord said, yes, you. You're going to say yes to me? You're going to pastor. It's a long process of prayer. Planted a church. And now there is a beautiful, beautiful community of worshipers, followers of Jesus, many brand new Christians in Escondido. And you know what it's like for me? go and preach there, it's like me standing in that 
picture that was up there of the guy in the harvest field. Now, this has been 25 years. Keep sowing. The harvest is coming. I know that that is the result of just a little bit of seed sowing. And the thing with seed sowing is the power comes from the Lord to produce a harvest, and you can start with one seed, and if it will take root, you only need one to flourish. You know that? If you sow hundreds of seeds but one reproduces, you can get a harvest out of that one seed because it produces plants that have seed in them who can be replanted to multiply hundreds more plants that have more seeds in them that can be replanted until there is a vast harvest from one seed. So keep sowing. The harvest is coming. So one of the laws of sowing and reaping is that you get much more out than you put in. And the second, a second law is what I referred to is that we sow and we reap. It's got to lose some of our individuality. Much of what I reap in life today is the result of what people in my life have sown. I reap the results of their labor, and so do you. That can be good and negative. I'm just focusing on the good right now. Keep sowing, because when you sow good seed, I reap the results, and I like that. So keep sowing. But also keep sowing because of all of us together when we are sowing the word of God, sowing worship, sowing prayer, sowing the gospel, sowing feeding the poor, sowing lifting up the broken, sowing ministering to those whose hearts are wounded, sowing recovery in the lives of those who are bound by addiction. All of that sowing produces harvest that blesses all of us. And when we're all doing it, it's the work and the blessing and the continued promise of the fulfillment of the kingdom of God that we started singing today. Jesus was the first seed who died as if he was buried in the ground like a seed. And he even said these words, don't you know that unless a seed, a kernel of wheat, dies and is put in the ground, it remains alone. But if it dies and produces great harvest, and Jesus said, that's going to happen to me, I'm going to die and I'm going to rise again. And my resurrection is going to be the first fruits of a great harvest. And if you didn't know, Jesus' resurrection took place on the day of a Jewish holiday that's called First Fruits. Did you know that? Because he's the first fruits of the harvest that came as a result of the Son of God giving his life for the restoration of all the people who would put their faith in him. Jesus said, regarding to what I just said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. Do you not say four months and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They're ripe for harvest. Even now, the reaper draws his wages. Even now, he harvests the crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. That's that we thing. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you've reaped the benefits of their labor. 
So keep sowing because others are going to reap the benefits of your labor. Keep sowing because the harvest for you is coming. In 1 Corinthians, Paul writes these words. There's a little dispute in this church at Corinth because some of the people are saying, well, you guys are followers of Paul. We like Apollos. We're Apolloites. And some others said, yeah, well, we follow Peter because he's the really good apostle. And some others said, the really holy one said, yeah, well, we follow Jesus. You know, they had all this division. And Paul says it to them. People, stop it. What, after all, is Apollos? What is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord is assigned to each his work. I'm talking about the we. I planted the seed. Apollos watered the seed. God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. The man who plants, the man who waters, they have one purpose. We have one purpose together. We each do different parts, but we have one purpose. Each will be rewarded according to his labor. We are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. Um, Could I just note that final sentence where Paul did a mixed metaphor, which you're not supposed to do as an author, I guess? He switched from farming to construction. Did you notice that? You are God's field, God's building. And I think that's worth noting as we kind of get near the end of what I'm talking about because you're thinking about lunch, aren't you? Okay, I knew it. I could, I could feel the hunger saying, Ron, say amen or something. So <laughs> harvests are for one season, right? You, if you're a farmer, you've got to keep sowing because you need to sow this year for next year's harvest. And next year, right you know, after harvest, you've got to sow again for the next year's harvest because when you stop sowing... You know, harvest. By the way, if you're not sowing, when you go to need a harvest, you're going to look and you're not going to see any wheat. You're just going to see weeds. So keep sowing. You're going to have a field of weeds if you're not sowing. And a day is coming when you're going to need a harvest. So keep sowing today. If you don't like your present life, change tomorrow's life by sowing seed today. You can sow seed today and change your tomorrow. For you and for your family and for your family, your large family. Anyway, fields, buildings. Buildings are a little bit like seed sowing, but it's actually, you know, planting and building because building is different in the sense that when you build a building, it lasts and lasts and lasts and stays and serves generations in the future. It's a little bit like sowing because you take your time and your energy and your planning. But the fact is you're also building a building. You're planting a harvest. You're building a building. You know, have you ever seen St. Peter's Basilica, pictures of it, or been there in Rome? Where, where, you know, the Vatican City? That thing, I think, if I read right, took 120 years to build. Michelangelo did the Sistine Chapel where there's that Genesis kind of painting where there's the hand of God and the finger and the finger of man together. I've been there and looked up at it. It's phenomenal. He, he was the sixth architect, chief architect, in a series of architects. The first architects died before the thing was built. Many people, it took 120 years, so the beginners never saw the finished product. Someone else reaped their harvest. And we are reaping today the harvest and the work of that building. So that's the point of Paul. When you're building a building, it's going to serve future generations. Keep sowing. Keep sowing. 
your harvest is coming. Now, I said in the title, the harvest is coming, not your harvest is coming, because it's our harvest. Note that. Don't think independently, please. Think that what you do is what we do, and what we do benefits the we, and the we is greater than the we that are here. It's even a bigger we that grows. We impact the world by what we do. In the next weeks, as summer is working its way to an end, and we get to September, and a new season starts, and people change, you know, vacations end up, they're over with, people are back to work. If you have school children, they're going to school. You have a season that's uniquely available to you to sow. There's people to be prayed for. There's hungry people on our streets to be fed and loved. If you wish that you knew how to do that, find Michael. He's out four days a week typically taking food and love to people that are hurting and he'd gladly take you with him. And you'll discover the joy of sowing seed in the life of a person. You like that? Who said woo? Vanita, that's her heart. Let's stand together just to change our posture, kind of change the blood, move things around. Lord, I want to ask right now that your spirit would rest on us in a unique way, like rain coming down on soil, because in a sense, the speaking of the word of God is like sowing seed in the soils of people's hearts. We've just experienced some sowing. And we pray that you, Father, would pour the rain of your spirit upon us. The very kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God coming upon us. Pour out upon us, Lord. Show us how you want us to respond. I pray that as people are standing before you right now, you will speak to different ones the ways in which you are encouraging them about their harvest and about the harvest that they're part of for others. Give them courage to do the seed planting that's difficult. Give them joy about the harvest that comes from their labor today. Give them vision of the building you are building, like a chief architect. And as you're just kind of in a quiet place right now, if you are in the hearing of my voice, either online or in this building, and you've never entered into the life of the Spirit of God. But that word I just said, the mysterious meant something to you. The life of the Spirit of God. There is a life available to you that's called the life of the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus, the Son of God, came proclaiming, turn around Change direction, repent, because the kingdom of God is now available to you. It's now at hand, and it's in me, Jesus said. If you will put your faith 
in me, in the death that I'm dying in your place, and in the resurrection that I'm experiencing as a first fruit for you. If you put your faith in me, I will forgive you of your sins. I will cleanse you of their effects. And I will cause you to come alive spiritually and enter the kingdom of the heavens now. It's as simple as putting your faith, your trust toward Jesus and saying from your mouth something like this, Jesus, I trust you. I want you to be my boss. I want you to be my Lord. I am choosing to follow you. Come into my life and make me new. I, I proclaim to you, if, if you in your heart and your mouth said words, something like what I just said, that's a prayer that God always answers. And there's a new life developing. A seed has been planted that just came to life in you. And out of it will come a harvest. We hope you've enjoyed this message. This weekly podcast is available on our website, gracevcf.org, where you can learn more about Grace Vineyard and our vision for people everywhere to know and worship God.